Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will be teaching from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. Immediately after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and declared by God's audible voice from heaven that this was indeed his beloved son, Jesus went out into the desert alone. Mark only includes two short sentences about this, but the other Gospels fill in much more about this journey like the specific ways that Satan tempted him, and how Jesus responded with the truth of God's word. And then Jesus returned and began his earthly ministry by preaching the arrival of the kingdom of God. Well, is that how every ministry should begin? What can we learn from his temptation and his earliest preaching? Pastor Jim will answer these questions all week, but here is today's slice of the message entitled, How to Start a ministry. As we study our way through Mark, we're going to have plenty of opportunities to observe demons and their activities, including the very next paragraph after the pericope that we're looking at this morning. But understand, Jesus was impelled by him to go out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. Now here's an application you can make. Remember Mark's favorite little word, euthus in Greek, immediately? Immediately, the Spirit sent him out. Immediately when? Well, immediately after his baptism. Um, an application I think you can make is this. It is normal for you as a believer, as it was for Jesus, to face the most severe temptation right after you experience a great high point in your spiritual life. After victory, usually comes temptation. Even for Jesus, it was immediately after the glorious day of His baptism that He faced His most intense testing during His earthly ministry. You see, when you succeed at something important, hey, that feels good, right? It's okay to feel good. It's okay to be happy, but your exhilaration with success means that you are at that moment the most vulnerable to pride, and that sets you up for failure. You are in the most danger of failure at the moment that you don't think you're in danger of failure. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, therefore, let... Him who thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. Now, I don't know if you've noticed it, but Matthew just says, the tempter came to him. Mark just says he was being tempted. We're not told what form the devil took when he confronted Jesus. You can spill a lot of ink as a Bible commentator speculating about that, but the truth is um, God does not lower himself to the lowest common denominator of whatever we can think of to speculate about and question. We don't know the physics or biology of 
um, how Satan appeared to him in that time. How did he appear to Eve? Well, he, he came to her in the form of a serpent. Oh, but before that, before the curse, before the fall, serpents weren't snakes. They didn't crawl around on their, their belly. I don't know what the serpent looked like in Genesis uh, chapter 3. Um, has it ever troubled you that it didn't startle Eve that the serpent spoke to her? There must have been some sort of fellowship between Adam and Eve and uh, the animal kingdom that was lost in the fall. But um, we're just told the tempter came. It was a person-to-person, face-to-face encounter between Satan and Jesus Christ. And by the way, here's another point of comparison I think is legitimate. Just like it is with you, Jesus' temptation is directly related to His physical situation. He was weakened by that fast. You would be too. So the devil tried to play on his weakened condition. You are more temptable not only after a victory, but you're more temptable when you're hungry. Do you own one of those t-shirts that has the word hangry on it? Somebody's invented a nice new portmandu word, uh, you know, uh, hungry and angry. You know, our, our son, when he, was, when he was growing up, boy, if, if he needed fuel in the tank, oh my word. You know, there's sometimes you had to just say, okay, we'll deal with discipline if we need to, but first, stuff something down his face, and the whole world would become brighter. You're more temptable when you're hungry. You're more temptable when you're thirsty. You're more temptable when you're tired, when you're overburdened emotionally, when you're frustrated, when you're disappointed. It's easy to walk with God when everything is just like you wanted. But real faith is on display when you make the right choices against the backdrop of your worst moments. Now we're not going to go over to Matthew or Luke and look at the details of those ultimate three uh, temptations. Mark doesn't mention the details, so we're not going to today. You can look at them on your own. But Mark just wants his readers to know that Jesus is the Son of God. And I'm sure you know that Jesus responded to each of those uh, temptations in a way that, um, that was a pattern we can follow. He quoted Scripture, and he, and he stood on it. Three temptations, three times he quoted from the book of Deuteronomy and said, no, God says this. Get out of here, Satan. Now, as I said, we can learn from how Mark describes the way Jesus began His ministry. And if we want to have a ministry that is like the ministry of Jesus, let's follow His example. We spent a lot of time on that one, but to start a ministry the way Jesus did, number one, resist temptation. Number two, preach the gospel. Much quicker on these next two. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, After John had been taken into custody, Jesus um, came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now Mark keeps things moving forward. Uh, John the Baptist was a big deal, so he includes John the Baptist. Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist was a big deal, so Mark includes that. But since Mark isn't trying to provide the full biography of Jesus like Luke was, 
And since Mark wasn't addressing himself to the Jews to try to deal with the subtleties of the fulfillment of the Old Testament Scriptures, like, like Matthew was, Mark moves us right along to Jesus' preaching ministry. So at least six months pass between verse 13 and verse 14. During those months, Jesus had been in Judea. That's the southern area, just north of the, the wilderness. That's where Jerusalem is. He had gone into Jerusalem and cleared the temple for the first time. He will do it again before the cross. Uh, he has then headed for Galilee, and Jesus did something that was specifically, intentionally calculated to poke his finger in the spiritual eye of the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Jerusalem. He wanted to go from Jerusalem up to Galilee. The natural way to do that is to just walk there, go there. That would mean that you would walk through Samaria. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, in their great love for mankind, hated the Samaritans so much, they refused to set foot on Samaritan soil. So if they had to go from Jerusalem to Galilee, they would add at least one day, maybe two to their journey, to go all the way east, cross the Jordan River, go up the east side of the Jordan River, cross the Jordan River again and go into Galilee, rather than walk through Samaritan territory. So remember what Jesus did? Gets almost a whole chapter of play in John's Gospel, John chapter 4. He walked through Samaria. And He stopped and He talked to a woman. Specifically, shocking everybody there. She was so shocked that she could tell by the way He looked and dressed that Jesus was a Jewish man and here He was talking to her. How could that be? Well, that's the way Jesus rolled, if you will. But now He goes to Galilee and what comes next, we're told in verse 14, is after John had been taken custody. He just assumes we know that, but John's going to loop back later and he's going to explain to us in chapter 6 about John being taken into custody. But it was after John the Baptist's arrest that Jesus ministered extensively in Galilee. There was that six months of overlap. Now, he came into Galilee. That's the northern region of Israel. To the proud, arrogant, self-righteous, snooty, Pharisees and Sadducees who were anchored in Jerusalem, Galilee was redneck country. That was the backwoods. That was the place where nothing significant ever happened, and that was the place from which no one important ever came. Where did Jesus come from to be baptized? Nazareth in Galilee. Remember, the, 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 the Pharisees were so twisted. They even said, well, no prophet ever came from Galilee. Well, they just didn't count anybody as important enough to have come from Galilee, even though Amos did, even though um, um, uh, Micah did. But he came there, comes to Galilee, to the back country, if you will, preaching the gospel of God. Now, as we've said, the gospel was a word that was understood both in the Jewish culture and it was used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and it was also used in, in Roman culture. The gospel was understood essentially as the announcement of the arrival of a king. Everything's going to be okay now because this guy's coming. That's the, that's the secular idea of it. In biblical terms, the gospel is always the message of salvation. 
1 Corinthians 15.4 explains that the gospel that we have believed is that Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.